The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome into our final edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw from here in Oxnard, California. Haley Sutton and Christy Scales with you this morning. Christy, I had to get an extra cup of coffee today just because (laughs) rolling in at 8 a.m. I'm really looking forward to getting back to Frisco and getting us back to a more normal time because this 8 a.m. time slot is really tough for me. It's just uh, us, our producer, Chris Beam, uh, (laughs) some seagulls, some crows, and the grounds crew. But uh, later today will be the walkthrough, and that will be the final thing that happens on the field here at Oxnard. And then uh, tomorrow, Friday, after lunch, uh, we head up on the charter to Seattle for the Saturday night game at the Seahawks, preseason game two, and then an overnight flight back and land at 6.05 a.m. if everything stays on schedule uh, on Sunday morning and then uh, have the practices next week at the Star in Frisco that are open to the public. Yeah, it'll be nice just to, like I said, get back to Frisco, get back into the groove of things. And then also, you know, you have that dead week before or you have the final preseason game before the dead week. So uh, the season is creeping up on us quicker than imagined. Uh, I've never been to Seattle before, so I'm really excited to check it out. Have you been? Oh, yeah, many times. And uh, I know that people say, Oh, preseason games. Nothing ever happens in preseason games. They're just evaluating the young guys. But I can tell you that the last time we had a a preseason game in Seattle, it was 2016, and the course of Cowboys history changed. The fate of one Dak Prescott becoming the franchise, the face of the franchise for the Dallas Cowboys. That was the game. It was August 25th of 2016. That was Zeke and Dak's rookie year, where Tony Romo. A minute and a half into the game, gets hit from behind as he's sliding and suffers the back injury. And Dak Prescott, who had surpassed Jamil Showers and Kellen Moore earlier in camp on the depth chart, became the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, yes, Seattle in preseason, it was a a pivotal time in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that's great info. You forget, um, you know, that Dak's been doing this for so long, but it it was never easy for him to get this starting job. Yeah, and the thing was, uh, three weeks earlier, Kellen Moore, who was number two on the depth chart, he had suffered a broken ankle here in Oxnard on the practice field, and then Jameel Showers had been converted from quarterback to safety. So Dak Prescott came in and the first week or so of camp was maybe getting two snaps in a practice. And then suddenly with uh, over 13 minutes to go in the first quarter of that preseason game in Seattle, he's out there with the first team. He and Zeke had a really strong game. That was where he ran over Cam Chancellor, (laughs) you know, and it was like, hey, the rookies are here. And it ended up, you know, Romo never got uh, his job back, even when he was healthy enough later in the regular season to come back. It's been Dak's job since then. He's gone from two snaps back in the day to breaking up fights with Micah Parsons and Tyler Biotis hey. at practice <laughs> yesterday, so how far he has come. Uh, let's dive into yesterday's practice, because I know there was a ton of videos that went out on social media and everywhere. Uh, it got a little chippy. We knew it would be competitive. Mike McCarthy even told us in the press conference yesterday morning that he wanted these last two practices to be really competitive. 
I'm a rookie. I'm okay to admit that. I wasn't expecting it to get that competitive so quickly. Um, I know you had a bird's eye view of the initial scuffle between Sam Williams and Brock Hoffman and, and then eventually Tyler Biotish, the tank, coming in there. Uh, just kind of walk us through what you saw on that. Well, usually if there's going to be a, a fight, it is during pass rush period. So what happened was the uh, down on one end of the field, you have the uh, receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks, running backs going against uh, the defensive backs and linebackers, and then you have the linemen in pass rushing drills. And so uh, Sam Williams, the thing was he had done three reps in a row, and after that second rep against Brock Hoffman, who uh, was playing guard instead of uh, center, and by the way, I think in the game this weekend we'll see more of Hoffman at guard. He played center last week. Um, it was getting a little testy and some hand fighting towards the end of it. And then that, that third rep is where, uh, where all heck broke loose. <laughs> but, um, and then later on it was uh, involving Micah Parsons and Tyler Biotish. And then um, uh, Sam came in and, and got vengeance <laughs> and, and hit Tyler from behind. But the initial skirmish was Hoffman. And Sam Williams, Tyler Biotish took exception and leveled Sam Williams. So I, I think it's, Haley, it's, I mean, it, it's cool video. It's something finally we get to talk about, something dramatic mm-hmm. at practice. But it's really just a case of boys being boys. And it was the last full practice. And so... If yeah. it was gonna ha- if it were to happen, it was gonna be yesterday. <laughs> it was so funny because on our training camp live um, series that Kyle and Alex do such a great job with, he always has a guest come in, and Nick Eatman was the guest yesterday. And as they were watching those pass rush drills, Nick right before said, "Well, if there's ever gonna be a fight, this is the yeah. recipe for it." And then of course we know what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you, you know, because you've been doing this for some time now, what's the craziest? competition fight you've seen out here at training camp or maybe just in general it it was it was here at Oxnard but it usually involves the Rams so when when you have the joint practices with the Rams I mean they actually had to cut the drill short um, a a few years back but it was here in Oxnard and what I really remember about it Haley is I was standing next to the actor Ty Burrell who played Phil Dunphy from Modern Family if you're a big uh, fan of Modern (laughs) Family Uh, and so we were standing together on the the far side talking he was here because he's a Rams fan and then it was just right in front of us but Chris Beam our producer reminded me of one of the all-time great camp fights and that was a joint practice with the Raiders and this is in the way back machine to like the mid to late 90s and it was in Austin and uh, Jeff Hostetler the quarterback and Leon Lett defensive lineman for the Cowboys and it was he came in on the pass rush and went towards Hostetler's arm. But anyway, Leon is just the nicest, most mild-mannered guy. <laughs> and so it takes a lot to, to get Leon going. But uh, Chris reminded me of that one. That was a real doozy, too. It's so interesting, too. And I love that you mentioned it's just boys being boys. I, I've got we – ha- we got a chance to talk to a couple of the guys after practice. Uh, J. Ron Curse was the first. And I just want to read uh, this sound bite because it kind of ties into what we talked about earlier in the week about this defense literally being so elite. Uh, but this is from J. Ron Curse. He said, quote, they came for us, so we ain't taking no S from nobody, all 32 teams. We ain't taking no S from nobody. So if that's what it comes down to, whether it's our offense or the next offense, we're trying to show we're the best in the business. It got spicy out here. It's going to get spicy on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, whenever the F we got to line up. That's how we're going to come. And, you know, they, they – a lot of those guys, they said a lot after practice yesterday, but to me, this one stood out because we know how competitive J-Ron and that safety room is anyways, but just 
the part where he says it got spicy out here is going to get spicy on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. I love that energy from the defense because, you know, we know that for at least for the first part of the season, the defense is going to be what this team relies on, very similar to last year. Uh, but just hearing that from your starting safety, it just kind of it winds oh. you up a little bit. Oh yeah, and J. Ron, it, it was it was uh, a lot louder after that uh, incident <laughs> yesterday through uh, the remainder of practice. But here's the thing: players who have swagger on game day, they have swagger on the practice field too. And the main thing is, as long as when it's when it's over, it's over. It's behind you. You're still brothers, you know, mm-hmm. you're still – so as long as it's not spilling into, you know, the yeah. dinner, and that has not happened. But, um, uh, no, I'm not worried about it, and, and I'm just glad that it brought a little bit of spirit to camp because it has been a relatively undramatic uh, camp, uh, especially since Zach Martin got back. So, yeah. so, you know, hey, out with a bang and not a whimper in regards to the um, – full team practice portions of camp and those uh, pass rush drills. I wanted to chat with some of the younger guys just to kind of gauge, you know, like if this was something that they had ever experienced before, at least in that that level. Um, Because like you said, boys will be boys and they're going to argue. But um, I I wonder how much of that is beneficial to those young guys when they, you know, they see that their guys like Sam Williams and Micah Parsons, even Tyler Biotish, the center, getting up there, really, you know, getting competitive, getting physical. How beneficial is that for the young guys to see? Uh, I don't know if it's beneficial to see that you're fighting your teammate at camp. But, no, I, I think that, I think that there is a certain thing to swagger and a certain thing with attitude. And I remember that uh, game where uh, Andy Dalton had taken over for Dak and gets hit late and the linemen didn't see it. And uh, so they didn't turn and rally and go after the the defenders who who hit Andy late. And then they're getting all this criticism uh, for for not taking up for their guys. So there's there's kind of a fine line. We, We want that you know, competitive. We want that swagger. We want uh, that spiciness. That is a great word, word that J. Ron <laughs> used. As long as, as long as you're not getting flags thrown during the game. But you criticize them if they don't have it, and then you're like, oh, you know, pull back if they do have it. So it's just a fine line. These guys, um, you got to be hardwired a certain way to make it in this league, right? And yeah. there's that competitive balance. I want to talk about Micah Parsons with the last few minutes we have in this first block because it seemed like when he's angry it's an even higher level than what we're used to seeing him play at even at training camp uh what do you think his potential is this season I mean is there another level that we haven't even unlocked yet with Micah oh if they allowed (laughs) sacks or they allowed actual tackling thing I mean Micah has wrecked nearly every offensive play um I mean he's just in the backfield and and you know, the the offense would have a hard time just getting some of their plays off if, you know, um, it weren't measured in practice, a <laughs> controlled uh, situation. So his if he – I just think he's been phenomenal this, pra- uh, this entire training camp, and ju- he's just set for a third all-pro season. I have no doubt about it if he stays healthy. It, it, it hit me the other day uh, when – Thomas, uh, who's on our creative team, uh, he's the one who shoots our five points videos that go on social media. Um, And it hit me the other day when I was working on writing up some notes for that, that this is only Micah Parsons' third season in the NFL. And, like, even saying that out loud right now, you're like, holy cow, like, this guy is literally built to be in the NFL. Yeah, and, uh, you know, two all pros already and uh, runner-up defensive player of the year for uh, his first two seasons. And so, 
uh, I mean, the, the sky's the limit. He's only getting better. Only getting better. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. When we come back, we're going to talk about that offensive line. Has Zach Martin helped out the group? Uh, we'll discuss that next on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with the bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton and Christy Scales with you here. Uh, The Emmy Award-winning docuseries Deep Blue, presented by Pepsi, is back. Check out this season's four episodes on Cowboys Now, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, or you can visit DallasCowboys.com slash Deep Blue. Christy, I'm going to brag a little bit here. I have always wanted to do documentaries in my career. I have always had a news background, so I haven't ever had the opportunity to really be creative. And so one of the things I was so excited about in joining the Cowboys was getting to work on the Deep Blue series. And uh, I've been fortunate to tell an incredible story that comes out later today. It's called Close to the Best. Um, It details a potential sniper on Monday Night Football that was trying to take out Tom Landry and the man who saved it all, uh, none other than the director of security, Larry Wansley, who has an incredible story. Story yes. in himself. He's an amazing man with an amazing <laughs> career history. He, he has a couple of books um, that are out as well. So if you guys have a chance, um, check out Larry Wansley, uh, former FBI agent. He has done some crazy stuff. I don't want to give away too much of the story, um, but that airs tonight, 7 o'clock Central on CBS 11 and of course on all of our uh, social media pr- platforms. But it's a project that It was a passion project of mine. Um, We worked all summer on it. We flew out here at one point to interview Al Michaels, which was like bucket list dream scenario of someone you can interview for it. 
Um, it's got Tony Dorsett in there, a lot of really, really good guys. Our own Brad Shams in there as well, and Mickey Spagnola. So uh, check that out. I'm really yeah. excited about and that. And of all the people to be under a death threat <laughs> is Tom Landry? Tom Landry. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, anyway, it, it's an incredible story. So we're all we're all anxious to see it. So yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited for everybody because when Mr. Wansley first told me the story uh, earlier last year, I was like, you're joking. He just casually told us at lunch. Uh, so I'm really excited to bring that to life for everyone to kind of see. Because, again, it was on Monday Night Football, right. so this was a live broadcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Close to the Vest happens at 7 o'clock tonight. We're going to talk about this offensive line. But first, we've got a couple texts on the text line, which, by the way, you can text us your questions at 817-290-3298. We'll try to check it periodically. But we've got our computer here, so we're going to start actually with Conchi from Sarasota, Florida, Christy, and Conchi says the second running back spot has been up for debate throughout camp, but who's been the best pass protecting running back out of the bunch? That might determine who gets the number two spot. I think that's an excellent question. I'll go to you first. Yeah, well, I think Rico Dowdle entered um, camp uh, at the number two spot, and I, I think he'll retain it. I think the good thing is that Deuce Vaughn has shown that he's not only willing and but he knows what to do. The concern is his small frame at uh, standing five foot five and not being much taller than a speed bump <laughs> in your neighborhood, but um, along the street there. But uh, yeah, that's that's the main thing. And one of the things that Mike McCarthy has talked about is when he's been asked repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly about what changes with the offense this year is is uh, one of the things is how pass protection differs a little bit for the running backs and the tight end as well. But I think that uh, all those guys, Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, that they've been able to pick that up. And honestly, it has to do more with their releases uh, than it does with uh, in terms of identifying rushers and things like that. But I I still think Dowdle is number two, although this past week Deuce Vaughn has gotten a lot of reps with the ones. Yeah, there was a play uh, yesterday where – and it, I, I thought it was like a scratch because of how weird it was, but uh, there was one point when Deuce was just standing straight up and, you know, straight up and down like this, and then all of a sudden he spun out and was wide open right. and, you know, caught mm-hmm. him first down, all of that. So I think they've got some sneaky things up their sleeve oh, with yeah. Deuce Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's called uh, – I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. It's called Skip. When you have a, a fast release, you know, so you wait and you see with your protection, if someone's not coming, you go out or even even after you make your initial block, sometimes you release after that. So um, it's it's about getting out and making yourself available to turn and, and, and catch the ball, you know, to be a release for Dak Prescott. Um, it, it's it's going to be a little bit quicker so that Dak can uh, get the the passes off more quickly. And that's all part of the West Coast offense, yes, right? Or, Just playing things a little bit quicker so right. that you can move the chains quickly. Love that. We love learning football here. <laughs> uh, one more question. As, we... as opposed to scat. <laughs> scat, skip. Anyway, that all those are all kind of the code words that are used for protection and then what happens as the play ensues. Yeah. We love that. Uh, one more question before we talk about the offensive line. Uh, this one comes from Dan from Philly. How many wide receivers do the Cowboys keep? Is Turpin in jeopardy of not making the roster because Deuce can do the returning? Uh, This is a spicy question. I'll address the second half of that. Spicy, the word of the day. Spicy, right? Okay. 
Uh, I'll address the second half first. Uh, I don't think that Kevontae Turpin is in any kind of jeopardy. Uh, the coaching staff, I think, has really spoke highly of him. They want him to be a little bit more cleaner and as a wide receiver. I know Mike talked about that yesterday, but in terms of returning, um, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know that his job's in jeopardy because of Deuce. You see, feel otherwise? <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to be an interesting decision. I, if I had to bet my own money on it uh, I'd say they probably keep six wide, wide receivers right now and it would be Cavante uh, Turpin but the thing is when you talk about the return game on kickoff returns you could have Rico Dowdle mm-hmm. help with that and then if you didn't want Deuce on the kickoff returns and just on the punt returns and other guys can help back up with that you know like Wanye Thomas of all people if he makes it and would be active on game day so so I'm I, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. I think the people more on the bubble that you would have assumed would be one of the five or six receivers coming in, the Semi Fajoko or the, the Dennis Houstons. So um, I think there's a better chance that you could slide Dennis Houston through waivers and get him back on the practice squad and keep a guy like Jalen Brooks, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't think that you can get him through. Because you have to remember that um, – the cut down to 53 is going to be on August 29th, and, and there's just one deadline this year. It's not phases where you go to 75 and then 65 and 53. Everyone's going to yeah. be out there at the same time. And um, so once you cut a person, if they're not a vested veteran of four years or more, they can be uh, claimed by other teams. So um, you're going to have to – they're going to have to uh, sneak some of these guys through, like a, a John Stevens, right, at tight end. I don't want to jump around to too many different position yeah. groups. But, but yeah, I think that Cavante Turpin, if I had to bet right now, yes, but let's see how these last two preseason games play out. Ooh, I say it every time. I am so glad that I'm not the person having to make these decisions because oh, yeah. it is just so tough, especially like when you think about a John Stevens, a guy who really has turned some heads in terms of what he's capable of doing, a former wide receiver turned tight end, uh, especially in that room. They're full of characters. Uh, yeah. It's just a... Uh, God, it's not my job. No, Conchi, that's a great question, but you can apply the same thing to tight ends. Will they be able to keep four tight ends? And a guy like Sean McCune is such an integral guy here Mm -hmm. because he can do so many things. He can play the F, you know, he can help block, but he's really crucial on special teams. But a guy like that is a vested veteran. So what's what's going to happen with these final um, roster cuts, and I don't want to skip ahead too far into the end of August, but keep in mind that you're going to have guys like Will Greer, Brian Anger, Trent Sieg, who's the new long snapper, C.J. Goodwin, who's mm-hmm. a core special teams guy. Anybody who's vested like that, you can release them and say, hey, okay, we're going to sign you back, but we need to slide some of these young guys through that we're scared they're going to lose. We know that we won't lose you because, hope you know, we kind of mm-hmm. wink, wink, you know, we'll sign you right back uh, when we can. So, uh, it's, but yes, it's going to be a more interest. It's always interesting, but even more interesting than other seasons. Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, let's talk about this offensive line, Christy, because I got to be honest, I'm feeling so much better now that Zach Martin is back <laughs> at practice. Um, you know, I think Mike Solari feels the offensive line coach and particularly Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard. You know, I never, I said this earlier. I don't think I ever was worried that he wasn't going to make it to training camp. I think inside, I always felt like they were going to figure this out because it's Zach Martin. Like you can't not have him on the Cowboys until he is ready to take that next step into retirement. Um, but that's not anytime soon, obviously with the, uh, 
restructuring of his contract. Um, we haven't seen a ton of him in terms of, you know, like game, real game scenarios. I think they've continued to work in some of those young guys. But uh, how? what's the benefit of having a Zach Martin back out here at camp for those young guys? Well, there's still, well, certainly a great role model and things in terms of modeling for the young guys and the right way to, to do things. But uh, Zach is just doing individual drills and no, he's not going to play in a preseason uh, game to, to get ready. So, um, but you still, the things like the combination blocks and things like that. And yes, he's played between uh, Terrence Steele and Tyler Biotish uh, for multiple years now. But remember Terrence Steele, you know, he, he's had a great camp, but he's coming back from injury last year. So there still is something to, to working together and timing and all those kinds of things. So, um, but, but to your point, I, I, in regards to coming back to camp, I was never really worried that it was going to happen, but I, I honestly thought it might be like four or five days. And then when we got to that Two first weeks. preseason game, it's like, <laughs> oh, all right, okay. And then there's some certain contractual things about taking back some of the bonus money and things like that. So it's like, okay, we're getting, let's, this, this is the time that it's going to happen. So anyway, um, but it, it was great to see him. Let's see, his uh, he was back on Monday night, mm-hmm. right? And then I think back we had on the his... practice field on Tuesday. Yep. So saw him eating dinner uh, with the guys, and they were all laughing and joking around. So it was like old times. Yeah, it was nice when we got the press conference uh, with him. I believe that was on Tuesday after right. practice. Um, and one of the first things that he said that really stood out to me was uh, he said, you know, I feel like my face hasn't stopped hurting because since I ever since I got here, I was smiling so big. Um, so just it's it's nice to hear that he was also excited and a little bit relieved to get here, too. And uh, something that I thought was interesting as well. And this is a kudos to Jerry Jones. Uh, he said a really Zach said a really important part of this process was when the team went back home to Dallas and Zach getting to sit down face-to-face with Jerry Jones and really discuss why it was important for him to get this done and, and how he wanted to be here and that the team wanted him to be here, but they had to be on the same page. Uh, and I, I just think that's so cool to be able to sit across the owner and general manager and have those kind of open conversations, and it worked really well in his favor. Yeah, and like Zach said, I learned a lot, you know, because <laughs> that really is a master class. Business, across yeah. From, from uh, Jerry Jones. But, uh, but I'm still uh, – uh, the the situation with the backup offensive lineman, let's just say that it remains fluid. Is that a nice way to say it? Yes. It remains fluid. And uh, talking with Josh Ball, who's been getting the first team reps at right guard in place of Zach Martin, you know, he'll still get so much work these last two preseason games. And, and one of the things that he talked, I talked to him after practice when we were walking to lunch um, earlier this week, I said, what's something that you really want to improve upon from the last game to the one coming up in Seattle and he says really it's my second step so you know the first step when you're making you have your strike zone you know make contact Mm -hmm. with the uh, defender that you're going against and and um, so he felt like he was getting off the ball pretty well with that first step but that second step a lot of times what the defenders are going to try and do because they're making contact as well try and get you off stride or um, kind of throw you, but yeah, get off balance, and so, um, so it's the minutia. It's the the smallest of things, and so something I want to see the movement, like with Mozzie Smith. You know, you just can't rely on your strength mm-hmm. and head to head and not moving around. So, so it'll be um, 
this, these preseason games, I know that fans kind of roll their eyes and other, but it's like it's so crucial for these young guys. Yeah, and, and even my perspective of preseason games has changed a lot in being in this role. You know, you think of the preseason games as an extended an extension of practice rather than you know, and not to say that it's not a real game because it is, but it just it feels like it's that next layer of how do we take what we've been doing here and then really get to see um, you get a chance to see everybody in their positions and where you can kind of get right and get wrong. Um, So I agree. Mm -hmm. I think those preseason games, looking at them from the lens of like, this is continuing for them to get better. Like we have to be patient here. There's going to be some mistakes. Uh, I think just switching that mentality a little bit has helped it be a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. If I could share a phrase that we use for our Cowboys radio broadcasts and I'll give uh, Brad Sham credit for it. And uh, Babe uses it as well, but it's like, um, these these preseason games may not count, meaning in the standings, but they matter. Mm-hmm. They matter it's greatly, great. greatly to these these young guys, and especially when we get to that third preseason game. For a lot of them, it may be the last football game they ever play in their careers. Ooh. So, but we'll talk about that <laughs> next week. Right now, we just let's just get through game two and wrap the Oxnard portion of camp without any anything. It's just a walkthrough today, so we're not going to have anything cool to talk about yeah. like fights. Of course, you would hope. Um, <laughs> one by, the, the day is young. <laughs> one final question before we take a break here in Girls Talk, Boys Talk, uh, and I like this question. Uh, this comes from Mario in South Texas. Brandon Aubrey, by all reports, has performed better since the team released Vizcay know and showed their faith in him is Dallas going to bother bringing a competition or is it safe to say he will be our week one kicker as long as he continues this trajectory I don't think it's safe to say he's going to be our week one kicker I think it's safe to say that they won't bring anyone now through the remainder of preseason because they want to give Aubrey as many reps as possible that's why they released Vizcaino who um, was inconsistent think that's a nice way to say it yeah that Uh, that one Saturday practice (laughs) is all oh my gosh that was that was the most brutal (laughs) display of kicking anyway um uh they want to give him as many reps as possible but uh remember what we said about the release date of August 29th there are a lot of kicking competitions going on throughout the league so there are many teams with two kickers and there are going to be some good kickers that are released so Brandon Aubrey is in the same situation that any of these position players are they're competing not just against you know Cowboys they're competing against every position around every player at every position around the league that's going to be cut so um but Aubrey has has done much better these past two weeks and yeah uh, I know it was disappointing that he missed one of his extra points in the uh, opener against Jacksonville so let's I think that um uh, he'll I hope he gets plenty of opportunity on Saturday night in Seattle yeah I thought it was interesting as well Mike kind of uh cleared I shouldn't say cleared it up, but he did talk us through the missed PAT. He said they were really trying to push the tempo on that, and I think they got a little bit ambitious in terms of how quickly they can move, and as a result, it threw Brandon off a little bit, and then you saw that missed PAT. So um, at least there's a little bit of grace being extended there, uh, but I I know the conversation a lot has been how much patience do you have in terms of that position. Um, But something you just said, like the light bulb came on for me, that these guys are not just competing within themselves, but competing across the entire league. I mean, right. if there is one way to share how much pressure these guys are under to perform every day, that statement is it. It's not just here at practice, but everyone in the league, we have eyes on everybody. So 
Oof, great yeah, point there, Christy. The, the, the hardest working people right now are the pro scouting folks, the folks under Alex Loomis, uh, his department with the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, I think, Haley, uh, some people don't realize that in the NFL, your scouting department is split into two divisions, so to speak. So you have college scouting, which is the obvious one, you mm-hmm. know, going and covering all the college games and going to the workouts and the combine and, you know, getting ready for the draft and the undrafted rookie free agents that you're going to select. But just as important is the pro scouting. So they have files on every player on every team, including the undrafted rookie free agents for the Seahawks and the Colts or Mm. you name it. And so they're going to go through all of that with a fine tooth comb and to not have that graduated process of the roster cut down to 75 and then 65. um, That makes it much harder for these. I was just having this conversation with Alex on the (laughs) bus coming from the, or uh, yeah, from the charter this past weekend, coming back from Dallas, I said, what do you think? Do you like it that there's only one cut at the end? It makes it harder for you. He's like, yes, but it's important because what was happening was you would have your roster cut down. You'd be down 20 guys going into the final preseason game, and you didn't have enough to get through that final preseason game. So, um, But but uh, you, you pay for it on one end. It may make it easier to get through that game, but then it's it's more of a – you know, cluster the following week. A lot of pressure on these guys for sure. Thank you for that information, sure. Chrissy. That's great. Uh, let's go ahead and take our second and final break here on Girls Talk. Boys Talk, when we come back, we'll talk expectations for Seattle on Saturday, and we'll get a little bit into the defense. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip with its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans. It's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team.
final segment of Girls Talk, Boys Talk from here in Oxnard, California, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You can watch two of Texas's best high school football teams face off in the third annual Jerry Jones Classic, presented by Whataburger. The Rockwall Yellow Jackets will take on the Cedar Hill Longhorns on Saturday, August 26th at 1 p.m. under the lights at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. You can get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. You won't want to miss it. I am a closet Cedar Hill fan. Uh, really? Yeah, so fun story. My mom, uh, she's a teacher. She teaches in Red Oak right uh-huh. now. But um, growing up, when we were younger, she used to teach at Cedar Hill. And she was always a uh, part of the basketball coaching staff or the volleyball coaching staff or track. Um, and so when we were little, she would also do the the books yeah. um, at the table uh-huh. for volleyball, basketball, whatever. And she'd always bring us with her, and I would just run around the gym, and I would hang out with the cheerleaders, and they would teach me how to do the cheers. Um, at one point, I knew, like, the Cedar Hill fight song. Uh, so, yeah, go Longhorns on that one. I'm rooting for Cedar see, Hill. See, you were, you were born into this. You had no choice. This is, yeah, to, yes. this, this wasn't just fate. Yeah, this was a charted course. Derek's going to see my Longhorn and think we're talking about Texas. Uh, I'm also a Texas fan, so I love that, too. We forgive her. All of all my fellow Aggies, just this once. Most of my family uh, growing up, we kind of split between uh, Aggie, Longhorn. Um, I think I liked the burnt orange better than the maroon a little See, bit. See, that's why we have this line down the middle of it. We do not cross <laughs> it. It's, it's like going on road trips. It's like Christine's going on road trips. Yeah, don't, don't listen to him. Yeah, oh, he's, oh, what is Baylor. he, sick and bears? Sick and bears. Yeah, sure. Uh, Texas <laughs> has some of the coolest little hand signs uh, for our colleges. I love that for us. Um, we got a few minutes here, Christy. Uh, I want to dive into the Seattle game. Um, I haven't had a chance to really look at uh, Seattle just yet. I'll probably get into that a little bit more tomorrow and on the plane. Um, but what are your expectations for this game? How can the Cowboys improve on last week's performance against Jacksonville? Well, I want to see the offensive line uh, do do better uh, for um, the Cowboys. Um, we're going to get to if we're talking Texas high school football, we'll get to see Jackson Smith and Jigba. So mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, really exciting. I think it's going to be a really good uh, test. Uh, Drew Locke played most of the game for Seattle uh, last week. They uh, played at home against Minnesota, and uh, offense looked looked pretty good. So, um, so I think it'll be a good test for um, the Cowboys uh, secondary having a more experienced guy. Uh, he was acquired by Seattle in the. Russell Wilson trade last year and um, so it'll be just his second home game that he gets to play in front of the Seattle home crowd but in in Seattle even though it's preseason they can still the 12 is going to be there and it'll be pretty loud so that'll be one more thing that uh, you get to work on so I'm really excited Seattle's just a great it's a great place to visit but any chance we get to play football the only thing is I, I always go back to that 2016 game and that Tony Romo injury and how it just changed the course of Cowboys history and put yeah. Dak on his current trajectory. So hopefully we don't have any kind of uh, injury situation like we did on our previous <laughs> trip uh, to Seattle. I'm in, very in excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to be inside that stadium. And obviously this isn't the only time we'll see the Cow- or see the Seahawks this season. We play them again, I believe, after the Thanksgiving game. Um, uh, let's after see. Let me the, get the, um, I'll tell you the exact date here. I, th- I, I think it is. It's after the. Um, it's commanders. oh, it's it's my birthday. No, oh, yeah, it's it's the perfect. Thursday. It's the Thursday after Thanksgiving. So we play two uh, Thursdays in a row. We've got uh, Thanksgiving Day on November twenty third, and then uh, come back and have another home game on a Thursday. That's November thirtieth. So good preparation for that as well. Uh, I mean, in terms of just understanding their system and kind of how they play. So that'll be good prep too. Uh, any players you're looking for? 
to kind of take that next step in their preseason um, in that game on Saturday. Let's have Jalen Tolbert continue what he did last yes, week because that I'm was so such glad a great. You him yeah. Up. <laughs> and who else do you have Jalen Brooks on your list because he didn't show in the game the way that he had been showing. Yeah. In, uh, on the practice field. Yeah, last week for Jalen Brooks was tough, and I was really looking forward to him making an impact, and I just think that he wasn't on the right page. Earlier this week as well, he got banged up a little bit. I had that yeah. one catch where um, he landed really hard. Yeah. I talked to him afterwards, uh, and he said it wasn't his head. He didn't necessarily hit his head in that. It was his back. He yeah, fell he on just, his back so yeah, was, awkwardly. Yeah. Um, I talked to him a little bit yesterday, too, off to the side, and I, you know, I just kind of from the VIP section up there, I said, Jalen, are you doing okay? And he kind of looked back at his coach and looked back at me and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> so you can tell he's a little bit banged up, but uh-huh. no, I want to go back to Jalen Tolbert because I, I feel in this role, um, I feel like a proud mama bear with a lot of these young guys. Um, not, and not that I'm not proud of the CDs and the DAX, but these young guys, I get to have a special relationship with them. And, uh, Jalen Tolbert is one of those guys. And, uh, you know, we knew he struggled last year, but, uh, you know, I don't think anyone will ever really know the extent of the pressure he felt last year and, mm-hmm. and how difficult that was. But what I am so proud of is his ability to not let that keep him down. He went out in the off season and he said, he told me yesterday we did an interview with him and he said he wanted to, you know, build that relationship with his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Cause he didn't have that last year. He felt isolated and he felt like he didn't really have a connection. And as a result, Everything else was just kind of a domino effect. And something that he told me in that interview yesterday was that Dak gave him a book. And I need to find out what the book is. But he said Dak gave him a book. He said, read this. And then, again, they started going on those trips. They started working together out in the Dak yard. Uh, And so for him to have that Michael Jackson on your toes, incredible catch that he had on Tuesday, uh, the entire crowd went crazy for that catch. Uh, Man, I am just so, so, so proud of Jalen Tolbert. And uh, who else do you have on your list? Someone on off? I would say Brandon Aubrey is another one that sure. I want to see do well. But, oh, you were talking about getting to know the young guys. And mm-hmm. we talked last week about the special thing that you did going to uh, DeMarvion Overshone's mm-hmm. uh, hometown in ARP in East Texas. And he had such a great yeah. game oh, last week. Oh, my goodness. And He's just a yeah, stud. Yeah. So, <laughs> Damone Clark and, yeah. and the like. So I'm actually also paying attention to Mozzie Smith. And uh, I wanted to talk about this or, um, earlier, but we kind of transitioned. Um, you mentioned his uh he's not the strongest man in the room anymore um I've I've kind of had some conversations with his coach coach Sheree Floyd uh I had a conversation with Dorrance the other day as well um just kind of asking about Mozzie you know how's he doing is he meeting your expectations and the general consensus has kind of been just that you know like he got away with being so strong in college that he was able to do a little bit of an unconventional uh you know style in terms of how he played and that doesn't fly here whenever you're trying to block you have you know, to be fundamentally and sound and use your technique every, <laughs> every single time. time. Every time. And so I think that is finally clicking for him. Um, yesterday uh, before practice, I was up on the rafters waiting to do our Inside Cowboys training camp show we do every day. And Mozzie Smith was one of the first people out at yeah. practice. And he was working one-on-one with Coach Dirty um, on pass rushing moves. He was working on his fundamentals, his footsteps, um, a lot of hand-to-hand 
esque uh, work as well. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, he played well last week. I believe he got 32 or 33 snaps uh, in the game. I'm interested to see how much that workload increases, decreases, how they kind of um, go from there. Uh, but Mozzie Smith is my guy on defense. I'm really looking at. Yeah, uh, frankly, he played more last week than I thought he would, mm-hmm. and played deeper into yes. the game. Uh, but that's because they were doing a, a rotation in terms of him playing a lot in the second half. It's not that he's relegated to third team and 14 status. <laughs> it's not that. But just because he was coming off the tendonitis, I, I thought he mm-hmm. might be on a, a little more of a pitch count. I think that Luke Schoonmaker, the second-round pick, if we're talking about uh, high draft picks, um, rookies, uh, he they wanted him to get about 18 to 20 snaps last week. I thought that he did fine when he was out there. I, I'm wondering if maybe he'll get more opportunities this week. I'm looking forward to that. And by the way, the uh, book, the Jalen Tolbert book that Dak is called Relentless. 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 Okay, Michael, excellent. I think it's Michael Grover. Michael somebody but relentless okay yeah excellent yeah, yeah i'll have to check i think out i think too. we all probably yeah <laughs> we, we all that. we all can use some extra in whatever our endeavors so i love yeah. that um what do you think last question and then we'll hop off the air here what do you think is a successful day for the cowboys on saturday other than of course a victory but what is success staying look like healthy <laughs> coming out with nobody getting hurt yeah, just the work, just to see these guys continue to apply what they've done here. It really has been a solid camp. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a lot of pizzazz or drama other than finally <laughs> than we got yesterday. our fight yesterday. <laughs> so, so just continue to apply what we've seen here, take it into the game. And, and I think Jalen Brooks is the best example of that. He didn't get a, um, he didn't really show it last week, but he's got uh, two more opportunities in terms of preseason action against a, an, oppo- uh, an opponent other than someone wearing a Cowboys star. I agree, and I want to see the run game get going. I know yeah. a lot of that has to do with some of the offensive line rotations as well, but I'd like to see the running backs get a little bit more involved. Yeah, and a guy like Awesome Richards, who is the rookie fifth-round pick from North Carolina, who, uh, because of the injury to Chuma Adoga, gets thrust into the uh, starting at left tackle where he had taken uh, the vast majority of his reps at guard. Uh, Awesome Richards has had a chance to work uh, left tackle all this week. So I think that the offensive line play will be a little bit better just because the parts that were moving last second uh, going into that game last week, they've had a chance to work together this week. There you go. There you have it. Christy will be on the sidelines on the radio broadcast for this one. And, of course, our crew of Kyle Yeomans, Isaiah Stanback, Bill Jones, and Nick Eatman will be on the sidelines for Saturday. But we got game. your pregame. Yes, countdown to kickoff. I will so be on see on pre-game. the sideline pregame. Yes. For Christy Scales, I'm Haley Sutton. This was Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and we will see you guys back in Frisco next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!